0: who i trust more than anyone at birch gold group text just news to 98 98 98 right now hello america and happy sunday so grateful you can join us for our now weekly sunday brunch edition we really enjoy having you and we're going to try to make it worth your while we've got a great show for you today we're going to start off with one of the most cogent voices On the threat that China poses to America, the rising threat that China poses to America. Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, she has one of the most comprehensive plans to put America on a course to. Beat the Chinese threat to stay America's number one superpower, both economically and militarily. She's going to kick off the show with some very strong thoughts. He's got a new document out. Everybody's talking about it. And in the aftermath of that China spy balloon episode, I think a lot of people want to hear a different idea than the kind of mumbled one that Joe Biden and his national security team have been giving America the last few weeks. And then after that, we're going to turn to Ralph Norman. He has been a longtime Donald Trump supporter, but in 2024, he's putting his allegiance somewhere else. He was the first member of Congress to endorse former UN ambassador and former South Carolina governor, Nikki Haley. That's one of his longtime friends. He explains why he did that, why Donald Trump still has a great following, and why he's so concerned by the administration's explanations on the China balloon Episode of China Spy Balloon. We're going to have that, and then Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from the state of New York. She's always full of ideas. She's one of the big proponents driving the Republican Party to get going on early voting and absentee voting. Don't yield that advantage to the Democrats. She's going to explain that and a whole lot more. And a really great interview we had earlier in the week, Amanda and I. Uh, we love having Congresswoman Tenney on the show. She can go just about anywhere and give us some thoughts. She also had some pretty sharp thoughts about the honesty. That we've gotten from the Biden administration about that Chinese balloon episode and, quite frankly, really, the security over our skies. I mean, we shot down four things in two weeks, which has, by the way, never happened in American history on U.S. airspace. And the Biden administration has given us the ho-hum on that, kind of like what they also did on the Ohio train wreck, which is now becoming a larger and larger personal tragedy for people in the great state of Ohio and also right across the border in Pennsylvania. All right. And then after that, we're going to go have a conversation with one of the great legal minds in America, Harvard Law Professor Emeritus Alan Dershowitz. He is the author of one of my favorite books of the last few years, The Price of Principle. He has a lot to say about the state of our legal system. He also is dipping his finger into a major controversy in Israel, where he is trying to broker a deal between the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and others over court reform, judicial court reform in Israel. A lot of the concerns that we have here in America about the politicization of courts and law enforcement also exist in Israel, and Alan Dershowitz has been making headlines in Israel with his efforts to come up with a solution that would benefit all sides in that great country. And then Congressman Andy Biggs, one of the great members of the Freedom Caucus in the House, a lot to say about the Porter about the border in the skies it hasn't been adhered to by China. He's going to give us a good rundown of things. And then finally, we're going to end up with Mark Meadows, the former White House chief of staff, one of our good friends, former congressman, former founder of the Freedom Caucus. Mark Meadows is going to give us his assessment of why so many people are already bailing out of the Biden administration, the Biden White House communications directors, labor secretaries, advisors, political advisors, even the first chief of staff, gone even before the third year of the Biden presidency has gotten into full force. And so Mark Meadows has a pretty interesting idea why that's happening. So he's going to join us at the back of the show. What a great lineup. Blackburn, Norman, Tenney, Dershowitz, Pigs and Meadows, back to back to back right after this commercial break. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day. And I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. a field of greens stepped in one scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning. And boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, Hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's field of greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health, She is the great senator from the state of Tennessee, Marshall Blackburn. Senator, great to have you back on the show.
1: It is so good to be with you, and you are right. It has been China, China, China for the last few days. And you're so right. I like that analogy of it being a Sputnik moment for so many Americans because they're finally realizing that, yes indeed, China, there, there's just no limit to what they will do to surveil us, to spy on us. They realize. That Huawei and TikTok, and using so many of these online applications where China is involved, China is trying to own the virtual you. And people also are realizing that China is intent on global domination by the time we get to the midpoint of this century. And people that need to confirm that, that still aren't sure, they should go read the 100 year marathon and see what China's goals are. And you know, John, when we look at great power competition, we see what they're doing to bully Taiwan and the South Pacific nations. You see what they're doing to the Philippines. And then you look at what they're doing to their own people how they are carrying out genocide against the Uyghurs, how they've treated the Mongolians, the Tibetans, the Hong Kong freedom fighters. And you know that it is power. They're not concerned about people. They are not concerned about the United States. They are not a friendly competitor. They are an adversary. And for many people, it took that big China balloon in the sky for them to realize that yes indeed China is going to spy on you and they think they have a right to do it they do not fear this administration and Joe Biden and they feel like they've got some runway at this point to move forward and push closer to their goal of global domination to cause people in the u.s. to fear them to cause other countries to
2: fear them
0: such a great analysis right on
2: yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And Senator, you brought up so many of these issues. It, it feels like there is an inter, intergenerational attack, and we are continuing to be bombarded from all different angles by China. Obviously, the, the spy balloon, um, we spoke with Secretary Wolf about this 700% increase in Chinese nationals coming across our border. TikTok, which takes care of the younger generation. I know that you have had your finger on the pulse of all of this for so long. I think it's it's fairly evident by now how Joe Biden is viewed by the CCP with Republicans in charge in the House and folks like you in the Senate. Do you think that maybe that that um, perspective of the U.S. is changing a little for the better?
1: Amanda, what people want to see from the U.S. is some strength They know that under a President Donald Trump and a Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, the Chinese Communist Party would never have tried this. Xi Jinping knew if he tried something like this on a Trump administration and a Secretary Pompeo, there would have been hell to pay. Mm. So he just didn't even go there. So people need to realize that our allies want to know that we're going to fight, that we are going to defend our sovereignty, land, sea, air. They want to know that we're going to defend our economic power and that we're going to support our allies. And, of course, China is working with the other members of the Axis of Evil, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. And they're trying to expand that axis of evil. We need to send that message that we are just not going to give them the running room. They want to do that. So if Joe Biden is not going to stand up, it's going to be up to Congress to stand up.
0: Yeah, so important. And uh, you know, I've done a little research before the show. You set up an incredible location on your website, blackburn.senate.gov yes. China. It's the most comprehensive plan I've seen anyone put forward on how to deal with this, far more than our president has given us. Tell us some of the uh, pillars of your plan for combating China.
1: Yes. You know, what we did, and bear in mind, I put this white paper out in 2020. Yes. This is not something that just we have just recently put out, but what it does is to recognize those vulnerabilities and the way that China works, whether it is great power competition through the military, trying to build their Blue Water Navy, what they are trying to do in the South Pacific, how they're trying to dominate their region of the world, is why the Indo-Pacific is so important right now. At the same time, we go into the Belt and Road competition that is there how they're exercising debt diplomacy you look at what they're doing in Africa they're in the Horn of Africa in Djibouti where they go into the port and they say oh we want to have a commercial port we can bring goods to you and they get that and the next thing you know what are they doing they're doing a deep water port For their Navy there, they're setting up a naval air station there. And to the Djiboutans, they say, oh, we're going to help you. We will give you technology. All of your people can have cell phones. And we'll put cameras on the corners of all of your intersections so that you can keep track of people and help to keep them safe. All of this is china surveillance and it is how they're expanding their reach around the globe also one of the things so vitally important is repatriating our manufacturing Mm -hmm. to the US so that our critical supply chain manufacturing is done here whether it's pharmaceuticals our telecom equipment or other components energy um, production We need all of that manufacturing here. At the same time, we need to protect our food security and our food supply chain, our food processors. We need to be certain that the Chinese Communist Party is blocked from buying farmland and purchasing land in proximity to our military.
0: All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Congressman Ralph Norman from South Carolina, one of the big boosters for Nikki Haley's presidential campaign, he's going to join us right after this. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash news. That's tnusa.com slash justnews.
3: As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued Welcome back,
2: everybody. Our next guest made major news headlines yesterday because four years ago, he supported President Trump but yesterday. He introduced and en- endorsed former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley at her event, announcing her candidacy for president. Joining us now from the great state of South Carolina is Congressman Ralph Norman, one of our favorite guests here on the show. Good to see you, Congressman.
4: Well, great to be with you, Amanda, John
2: sir i know a lot of people are dying to know i mean you you have been an an ardent uh, and devoted supporter of president trump and his policies but now you've got a hometown girl nikki haley in the race what what edged it out for her over president trump this time around
4: well first of all amanda uh, yeah i've served with nikki she and i came in at the same time in the state house i saw what she did she was a uh, a true patriot. She bucked the system. And as I said in my when I introduced her, uh, she would have been one of our original five that bucked leadership and had some substantial great changes for the country. Um, I guess overriding everything is one, what Donald Trump did for this country. It was amazing. I'll never criticize anything he did. His policies were unbelievable. And I think any of the candidates that 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 put their name on the line for the Republican Party will basically do what Donald Trump has done, which is, if you look at his record, you name conservative Supreme Court justices. Uh, You support a strong military. Uh, You are energy independent. Uh, You support the police instead of the criminal. And... The candidates will do that. Now, with Nikki Haley, when she called me and I was waiting on her to officially get in the race when she called me, uh, she said, Could, can you get on board? And I said, absolutely, Nikki. I said, you will unite everybody. And, I, you know, I, I strongly feel if we lose a 24 election, uh, we lose our country over the last two two years. We've seen a total dismantling of our Uh, Democracy. Name me one thing that's gone well for America. He's completely sold out. He's completely weakened and and disarmed our military. I sat through a a skiff meeting with when you had generals trying to advise us on why the balloon uh, that flew over America for eight days, why? It violated our airspace. And they had no answers. And a couple of us got up and said, with all due respect, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. So but to, to give you the big view, we've got to have somebody who will get the independence to the polls, somebody who will get all Republicans, somebody who will excite the base. And I think Nikki Haley fits that bill. Uh, and again, she's there's no guesswork for me. And uh, the Competition. I think I'm glad she's she will have stiff competition, but uh, I know what she can do. She has the people skills and she's got the steel and the backbone to put this country back on track. So that's why I came out early for her. I hope other Republicans, uh, conservatives will weigh in and look, take a look at her campaign because I know what she can do.
0: Uh, Congressman, I've had a lot of time to spend with young voters in the last few months, and there is this yearning for a generational change in America. They look at Mitch McConnell, they look at Nancy Pelosi, they look at Joe Biden. There was a clarion call in Nikki Haley's Address yesterday that it is time for a different generation of politicians to step up and take the reins. Even a little fun, a fun jibe at uh, we need to have a mandatory mental competency test for politicians seventy-five years and older. I guess she was referring to the president, but um, that idea that maybe younger voters might be put in play if there's someone that looks and talks and acts a lot more like them.
4: Well, John, I see it in it uh, in the Capitol. I see it in the House of Representatives. Those who are. You know, been in Congress for like Joe Biden, 50 years, a half a century. Those who've been here 30 years, no, it's the pilots. Airline pilots have uh, limits, and I think it's 65 where you right. have to stop flying. Uh, you can't do things, and and I guess I fit that bill. I'm getting on up in age too, but uh, you know, Nikki is 51. And there is something to be said for youth, and there is something to be said for the rigors of leading the the free world uh, that America represents. And eighty year eighty years old, uh, look at what's happened to Joe Biden now. Donald Trump is has got all of his mental faculties. He's sharp. He's smart. But age takes a toll on you, particularly with this job. And so I think she's exactly right. We're gonna get term limit bills, the term limit bill that that I put up uh, on the floor for a vote, and I hope it'll pass. It's three three terms in the House, two in the Senate. But um, no, I think there's something to be said for youth. But the main thing is getting voters excited. And I I know how Nikki uh, has with her people skills and I know what she can do. And as she gets around the country, they will see what I have known for a long time. She's a fantastic candidate with a great message. But more than that, she'll deliver.
2: Well, she may have been part teasing about the uh, mental capacity test, but I would proffer the notion that that should be applied to all members of Congress, not just folks over 75. Uh, But I wanted to ask you, I wanted to to ask you about President Biden's comments. We finally heard from him regarding these objects flying over American airspace. Uh, Fortunately, there was a lot of clarity and now it all seems clear as mud. Sir, do you agree?
4: You know, it's a, it's an, again, it's an embarrassment. I mean, for him to let China violate uh, our airspace, it raises more questions than it does answers. And um, we had just met the day early with General Kellogg, who is is on TV a lot. Uh, he's straight up. And one of the big things we ask him is, why would you wait and not take a foreign adversary's surveillance equipment down and i'll never forget he said well one of the he said they should have taken it down when it first violated the airspace but secondly he said the place you do not want to take it down is over the ocean because that's where the salt water will completely uh work averse aversely to trying to find out what the equipment is doing and what did biden do Uh, he took it down over the ocean and for him to say that with alaska and montana that there's, there was no space that couldn't hurt uh, humans. It's totally insane to even make that risk. Uh, and even those that live in the state will tell you they may hit a deer or an antelope, but there is a spot that you can take to take them down. But eight days, and in, in South Carolina, guess where it was hovering over? Duke Power Company. We have Shaw Air Force Base in my district. Uh, and, you know, it's a... Um, it's to, to wait that long it is, no, it is is unexcusable, and the generals that briefed us did not have an answer as well. And Joe Biden does, if if he even knows about it, doesn't have any answers as well. Yeah,
5: and
0: they shot the other three ones over the interior of the country, no problem. So uh, why this one and not, uh, why those three and not this one? is left people just shaking their heads. Uh, Congressman, there there was a lot of demagoguery in the last week by President Biden on Social Security, Medicare, but. He, on this, he was on this kick saying, I'm the guy reducing the deficit. I'm your debt champion. And then the CBO came out last night and said, oh, not so fast. Those policies he just passed, $2 trillion of debt a year on average for the next 10 years. Joe Biden hasn't been telling the American truth, uh, tell the Americans truth about debt, has he?
4: No, not only that, no, he hadn't told the truth. And we're on an unsustainable course. The runway is getting shorter and shorter. Uh, I think it's projected in the next five years, six years, the interest on the debt will exceed our military budget, wow. which is unacceptable. And we've got some decisions to make. This country has has a spending addiction, and we've got to, aspirin's not going to cure it. You'll see a budget, and this is one of the things we negotiated with uh, McCarthy and the leadership, to their credit, they are doing. You're going to have a, a budget that everybody can see starting early. In the next week to two weeks, the umbrella of what we're going to be uh, getting the spending trajectory down. And uh, there's no uh, there's no other way to do it. And now he's demagoguing Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, because that's been the whipping boy. Granny's being pushed over the cliff. Uh, We're not going to touch Social Security. And what we're going to do is, though, uh, have. Cut things that should have been cut long time ago because we can't simply can't afford it. Uh, The ESG, the woke culture that's in the military has got to be taken. Everything ought to be on the table to look at, but not so security. It's the people's money. That's not government's money anyway. They're taking it from the trust fund, but uh, it shouldn't happen. That that should not happen at all. So uh, he's totally uh, misinformed and he's not telling the truth.
0: Oh, folks, we've got a lot more ahead of us, including in our next block, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from the great state of New York. She's on the forefront of so many issues, including on the Ways and Means Committee, where the real work of using the power of the purse to force Joe Biden into compliance with the law is just beginning to get underway. She'll join us right after this.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Joining us now for more conversation on the latest news of today is New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, one of the newest members to preside on the House Ways and Means Committee. Congresswoman, congratulations on that new committee assignment. Welcome back to the show. Good to see you.
8: Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's, uh, it's exciting. My background as a lawyer uh, dealing with tax and banking and being a small business owner is uh, it's going to be a, a committee that I'm really excited about, but I'm also a member of the science Space and Technology Committee and uh, will be uh, on the Energy Subcommittee. So a lot of important issues. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll get into finding out a little bit more about cybersecurity and what's going on with this, uh, these Chinese spy balloons that are coming across the United States.
2: Indeed. And and with all of your committee assignments, I know you are going to be very busy, but I just wanted to get uh, your your latest take on these uh, I don't want to call them UFOs, even though technically that's what they are, unidentified flying objects. But uh, we have yet to really get any concrete information from the Biden administration, Joe Biden specifically. We've heard from uh, Secretary, uh, Press Secretary John Kirby and also Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, but not still not really any definitive or substantial information.
8: Yeah, well, you said something really important. Are they unidentified or are we just not being informed by the president of the United States? About what's going on here, and if not, why are these uh, secrets that only you can learn about in Area 51, and we're not, and no one else can can learn about them? And as the rest of Americans are seeing these, and, and you know, amazingly seeing these fly over our own country, the one, uh, the first one, the Chinese spy balloon. So, uh, you know, it's really, really, uh, to me, disturbing that the president hasn't come out to discuss this. He sent out, uh, you know, a couple of spokespeople who have been very clever in their in their commentary. But I think it's really important that the American people know what these are. I don't think they're unidentified. I think we know what they are. But again, I think the Biden administration has always been vulnerable. Uh, they have not stood up to the Chinese Communist Party. We have the most compromised president in the history of the United States when it comes to China and his dealings with them, uh, his son and his family members who are involved leveraging uh, their father's uh, position, you know, in the past as vice president and now who knows as president. We, that's yet to be discovered. Uh, but in a lot of this on the laptop from hell that Ma- Miranda Devine discovered. Why don't we know what's going on here? Why are we shooting down objects uh, that are coming across the United States? I believe this is the first time we've ever actually shot down some type of adversarial uh, uh, flying uh, object uh, in this country.
0: It really is. It is remarkable. I mean, not that it was. We've done it four times in eight days. It's like becoming a trend line. I want to ask a little bit about NORAD because NORAD has been pretty candid that it didn't initially detect some of these balloons going back a few years and that they don't always immediately detect them. It seems as though there may be a vulnerability or weakness in our air defense system. Your thoughts on what NORAD has said over the last week.
8: Yeah, well, it's interesting that uh, NORAD is actually part of, uh, partly based out of the Air Force Research Lab in the area of upstate New York, and it concerns me that they say that they have never really worked at detecting these. Maybe it's new, maybe it's not, but I think it's time to get into an investigation and find out exactly what's going on in NORAD. Uh, they've always been really successful, and, and and I and I don't mean this in in, a, in to be too much of a slight, but you know they've spent time detecting where santa claus is flying and that type of thing but i think it's we've got to start getting serious about what we're doing to combat our enemies as we project weakness on the world stage you have a president that is now getting i mean inundated with these types of uh, bizarre uh, crossings and i wonder are they uh, they surveillance yes probably do we know no but we should and the other thing is are these decoys? Is there something else going on that we should know about uh, that China is doing and the Chinese Communist Party is involved with? And these are not new things. They've been stealing our intellectual properties from our companies. They've been buying up land. Uh, they've been involved in uh, all kinds of uh, uh, subterranean ways, uh, getting into our, our our country. And we really have not paid attention. We have... Uh, shell companies that are owned by, uh, you know, ostensibly American companies. But really, when you peel the layers back, they're owned by the Chinese Communist Party and they're doing damage to our country. And it's time that we get really serious. You know, we really need to bring our supply chains back. We really need to crack down on countries or companies that are doing business for the Chinese Communist Party. And we know that the Chinese uh, Communist Party Requires their uh, nationals, especially even when they're in in uh, they're abroad or here in the United States, to give them information about what they may know that would help in their surveillance of our country. And uh, though it may be innocent with some people, and they may not be very good at it, we just don't know who those people are. And again, it brings back who is flooding across the southern border that we don't know about. Uh, in addition to the balloons that are are coming across uh, our border that we should have detected back when they were in the Aleutian Islands, or at least back then, before they got to our continental uh, United States uh, area. Great point. Yeah,
2: I I think that's absolutely right. Um, And speaking of entities with Chinese connections, um, President Biden gave his State of the Union address last Tuesday night and again repeated this claim about some Republicans wanting to repeal Medicare and Social Security. I want to get your take because I know that you uh, passed a resolution or introduced a resolution the next day regarding this and countering it. But check it out.
6: Some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it unless i agree to their economic plans all of you at home should know what those plans are instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share some republicans some republicans want medicare and social security to sunset i'm not saying it's a majority
2: congresswoman who are these republican congress people because we have yet to speak to a single one on this show who wants to repeal medicare or social security
8: Sure. But projection is the expertise of, uh, of the Democrats and demagoguery is the old style politician that Joe Biden is to get out and say, well, these guys are enemies. All they care about are the rich. And you know what we care about? The American people who want to prosper. They want to have uh, some freedom to innovate, which is something we've done so well. Another thing we've uh, sacrificed to the Chinese Communist Party. You know, we've let people who claim to be scientists control our lives through the covid virus. We complain We allow people who claim to be scientists control our life when it comes to energy and our, our need of fossil fuels and, and a and innovation when it comes to technology and, and and providing for prosperity in our future I mean this old demagoguery of Joe Biden is just so tired. the rhetoric is just so tired. I introduced that resolution because I want to make sure people know that social security is earned it's something that we made a promise to to individuals and people, you know, regardless of your income. If you pay into the Social Security system, you should be able to receive that money back. Or you should be forced to have to pay into a system where you get nothing back, which is what the Democrats often say is, well, if you're wealthy, you shouldn't get it. But isn't it supposed to be a way for us to have a vehicle to actually invest and to be able to get a return in a secured place? Instead, this Social Security fund has been raided. It's been de minimis, uh, or minimized by policies coming from mostly the Democrats. And I think it's time to protect it, and that's why I put the resolution out. We want to protect the Social Security Trust Fund. We want to be sure that Americans can not only not only get what they earned, but enhance it so they can earn even more and get a return on investment after the years and years and lifetimes of putting into this fund. I've been contributing to Social Security since I was 16 years old, even when I wasn't eligible. I would love to have it do better than any other fund that I have. Isn't that a promise we can make to the future generations so they feel confident and good about Social Security instead of raiding it and doing the things we've done to compromise its, its worth and value? And we have to make sure that it's sustainable and we can have it for many, many generations to come.
0: One place we got about a minute left, Congressman, uh, uh, unemployment fraud on Joe Biden's watch between COVID and unemployment benefits billions upon billions hundreds of billions probably defrauded what's ways and means going to do about that
8: yeah well we did a committee hearing last week we're going to do more but you know it's been estimated by GAO who came before the ways and means committee that it's 60 billion dollars in fraud 11 billion alone in new york state and all of this has been foisted upon the business people in new york who have to pay up for The real abdication and and just the, the fraud, abuse and waste from the state of New York and its inability to handle unemployment insurance and handle the stress of what the system went through, especially during the COVID pandemic and the price that we've paid is employers have either closed gone out of business or had to reduce employees because that we are paying back we employers of new york state are paying back for the mistakes of the state legislature for the state unemployment system
0: all right folks we're going to go around the globe with one of the great legal minds in this great world alan dershowitz the harvard law professor joins us next he's going to talk about things going on here against donald trump and censorship and also in israel where a fascinating debate over the politicization of the courts is unfolding. It sounds a lot like America. And Alan Dershowitz is over there trying to broker a settlement. Maybe it'll be a roadmap for how we fix some of the institutions here in America. He's going to bring us up to speed on that right after this message.
5: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
4: Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness.
5: He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly...
6: Patients who can see.
5: Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Have you
9: heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free?
0: He's one of the country's brightest legal minds, a Harvard Law professor emeritus, author of one of my favorite books, The Price of Principle, One has an amazing podcast. And is, uh, as we know, the one and only Alan Dershowitz. Alan, great to have you back on the show. Well, thank you. First of all, my serious uh,
10: concerns for Senator Betterman. I really hope he uh, gets better quickly. He's yeah. a really decent I would like to see him uh, back uh, in the Senate, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. You have to be concerned about somebody who had the courage to acknowledge uh, that he was hospitalizing himself for depression. It's something that Americans have to look at each other and friends and, and understand this is a serious
0: and pervasive illness. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I applaud him for coming forward. It's too, 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 too often people are afraid to have a conversation about this subject. It's so important to be able to say it and get the treatment and not have the stigma that often's assigned it with it. So we wish him well. We're all thinking and praying for him. Um, Alan, I want to start off with the Georgia grand jury. It's so rare. Most people think grand jury does everything in secret. If there's no indictments, you never get any of the evidence. But in Georgia, there's this unique thing. Um, you're thinking about the fact that some of the reports out there, some is not. There's insinuations. There's declarations. Um, a good or bad legal process in Georgia. A terrible, terrible legal process. It shouldn't be permitted. Um, the
10: Constitution provides for a grand jury to be a safeguard uh, against false um Uh, Indictment—it's in the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution—but this hybrid grand jury, which makes pronouncements but not indictments, is a violation of core due process. It—it's what James Comey did when he announced that well, he wasn't going to indict uh, Hillary Clinton, but what she did was wrong. You you don't do that. Grand juries either indict or don't. Remember, they're one-sided. You don't get both sides presented to the grand jury. You don't get lawyers for the people who are accused of maybe uh, committing perjury, presenting their point of view. So uh, the the, the American public should ignore their conclusions. They're worthless. Uh, Grand juries' conclusions are not worth the paper they're written on. They're only usually charging documents. And it's a serious, serious problem when uh, grand juries make announcements like this without having given the opportunity of due process for those who they accuse. Great
2: point. Yeah, sir, I think that uh, a lot of people see this as well as other instances trying to get Trump. And I know we've had you on in the past and you have spoken about how you welcome the opportunity to vote against President uh-huh. Trump in a future election. And, and you know, this is another one of those instances that seems you know, that they're trying to disqualify him. No, Has your opinion changed?
10: No, no, it's become uh, more more solid. I have a new book coming out in a couple of weeks called Get Trump, how the attempt to prevent him from running is really compromising civil liberties due process and the rule of law. You have to separate out politics, whether you support or you don't support a candidate, from all of us having our civil liberties denied in the name of trying to get Trump. And so I hope you'll have me back on the show when my book Get Trump comes out. And I hope everybody will read it, liberal, conservative, Republican or Democrat,
0: because it's something that concerns all of us. Yeah. I, I can't wait for that book to come out. You will definitely be back on the show if, we can, if you're great, willing to come on. I want to talk a little bit about extending that to the FBI. We had another moment last week where the FBI had a really uh, difficult uh, ex- explanation. They did a memo saying that just because Catholics went to Latin mass, they somehow should be deemed to be white supremacist extremists. There's a lot of woke language in the memo. And the originating sources from the Southern Poverty Law Center, not really any intelligence or investigating, suggesting wrong doing. And they were insinuating agents needed to start embed themselves in religious organizations to root out these Catholics. I know what a civil libertarian you are. Uh, How concerning is this moment?
10: Oh, it's deeply concerning. Uh, If my old friend, you know, Scalia uh, were alive today, uh, he'd be railing against this. He was a fan of the Latin uh, mass. That doesn't make him a white supremacist. He was a, a complete egalitarian who believed in equal rights for for everybody. Uh, you can be a deeply, deeply religious Catholic, a deeply Orthodox or even Hasidic Jew, a deeply religious Muslim. Uh, and, and, and the federal government, it's none of their business. First Amendment talks about not establishing a religion and free exercise. So religion should never be a factor. You look at people's own actions. You look at people's own statements. You don't look at whether or not they went to a particular church or prayed in a particular way. That's just so un-American.
0: Yeah, well put.
2: Absolutely. Sir, I want to switch gears a little bit because we do have some breaking news. Uh, that law that was passed in Florida last year, don't say gay law, that addresses the discussion of sexual relationships and sexuality and gender identity with children in schools. Um, a federal judge has tossed out a challenge to that. What's your take on it?
10: Well, I- You know, the the law maybe goes too far, but it has uh, an attitude in it that's probably correct. I don't think any of us want public school, elementary school students to learn about the details of any kind of of sex. They have to learn about mommy and daddy. And, you know, some kids have two mommies and some kids have two. That's about the level that you need to know. And this kind of stuff should be taught at home in the churches. It should be taught by friends. Uh, It's none of the school's business to teach students about sexuality. It is the school's business to teach them about tolerance, to make sure that they don't bully or discriminate. That's all fair. And so I would like to see a, a law drafted that is a little bit more nuanced than that, um, makes the point that no, it's not appropriate to get into the specifics of sex, but it is appropriate to teach students tolerance. I think we can do that. We can do a better job.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm always reminded, uh, Alan, of your far reach and how often, not only in America, but all across this globe, people appreciate and turn to you for wisdom. Uh, The Israeli press has been covering a a very important moment. You have tried to find a good judicial reform compromise uh, in the state of Israel between Netanyahu and some of his critics. It's getting a lot of applause across the world. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what's going on there.
10: Well, when I went to Israel recently, I met with uh, Bibi Netanyahu, who I've known for 50 years. I met with uh, Isaac Herzog, the president of Israel. I met with the proponents of this uh, new law, Ben Kavir and Smutrich. And, and uh, my job was to try to bring them together. My job was to try to say, look, each, each of you has a point. The Supreme Court of Israel maybe has gone too far in political and economic cases, but they have to preserve that power over core fundamental issues of liberty, due process, free speech, equal protection. So it's that kind of a compromise that I'm trying to broker. And I had the lead editorial in the Jerusalem Post the other day, and I've gotten a lot of tremendous uh, response for that. I was on the uh, biggest TV station pushing my point. Uh, I'm trying to speak to everybody. I've offered to go to Israel and serve in whatever capacity as an informal mediator, uh, because I have friends on both sides. And I want to bring them together, and uh, instead of uh, causing further division, look what Israel is doing is the mirror image of the United States. In the United States, the left wanted to weaken the Supreme Court after the reversal of Roe v.ersus Wade. They wanted to pack the court. They wanted to have term limits. They wanted to have limits on the jurisdiction. And in Israel, it's the opposite. It's the conservative side that wants to limit the Supreme Court. There's room for argument on both sides of all of these issues, but both in America and in Israel, the sides, you know, they get divided. You have to pick your side. You're a Red Sox or a Yankee fan, and there's no intermediate. And I'm trying to uh, bring that together. I go to Yankee games and Red Sox games. grew up in New York uh, and uh, spent time in Boston, and I love ballplayers on on both teams. And I'm trying to bring that to bear, both in America and Israel. It's not easy.
0: Uh, That for sure it isn't.
2: Well, and John's a Yankee, so I guess I'm the odd man out as a Blue Jay, but you know, we'll, we'll let that fall to the side. Alan, uh, tell everybody uh, about your book. I know you said it's coming out in a few weeks and we will definitely have you back on to discuss it. But give everybody a little bit of an overview before we have to let you go.
10: Well, you know, I, I start by saying this is not about my support for Donald Trump or the Republicans. It's about why everybody, liberal, conservative, Republican, a Democrat, have to be concerned when you go after lawyers. Um, when you take shortcuts, when you use grand juries this way, when you deny, when you have a a January 6th committee, which is loaded only with anti-Trump people, and the other side has no opportunity. I go over in each chapter one of these things and, and talk about how dangerous it is to the rule of law and how today it's being used by Democrats against Republicans. Tomorrow it could be used by Republicans against Democrats. So everybody has to be concerned. Everybody should be Uh, in favor of liberty justice and due process and the shoe has to fit comfortably on the other foot that's been my point
0: all right folks we're going to keep going right after the commercial break congressman andy biggs from arizona here the border the budget and so much more on the horizon and as well as the border in our skies how weak is america look on the world stage congressman biggs is going to give us his assessment right after this commercial break is Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs. And he joins the show right now. Hi, Amanda. Hey, John. Good to be with you, Congressman. Thank you for joining us. Let me start with the balloons and all of this hubbub above our sky. Congress isn't getting any more answers than the American public. How frustrating is it that Congress can't be put in the know by now?
6: Well, it's incredibly frustrating. Um, you know, I did not, I purposefully did not attend the classified briefing last week because uh, I I knew that I would I'd be asked about this, and they would they uh, would not let me talk about it. So I got my own pri- private briefing, and I can just tell you this: um, from those who attended the, the classified briefing, what, what you find out is there's incredible frustration because it isn't just that China was surveilling us for a week or so in a slow-moving, directionable, drivable balloon surveilling us with a massive. Uh, tool package and equipment package underneath this big balloon, uh, what you find is that there is just absolutely no leadership and capacity to make decisions in the White House at the highest levels. And so uh, it is, it, for me, it's actually incredibly frustrating. First of all, we don't have more information for members of Congress, but for the entire populace, we should have lots of information available to the American people from, from our government, but... This notion that uh, we have people who cannot get off the dime and make a decision is also frustrating. I mean, and you, and you see, you know it's real because they didn't uh, take care of that balloon until it essentially had completed its mission. And since then, we've had these three smaller balloons uh, uh, that they decided to take out immediately. But uh, you, why didn't they take out the one that was big obviously having surveillance equipment and uh, and in our airspace for a long period of time well, they they just uh, they couldn't make up their mind huh. Scary
0: thought.
2: yeah Congressman and I think that I think that for a lot of the American people, what they see throughout this entire situation when it started with the Chinese spy balloon and then the three subsequent, items after that uh, and it just seems like chaos and it seems like you know in the past we've not experienced this it almost feels like an invasion of our airspace and so many americans think to themselves why is this happening now
6: yeah well the re- the reality is that Ch- china has con- been probing the weakness of the Biden administration now, since Joe Biden became president. He, uh, if you look back, you'll see that there was uh, Xi Jinping was also probing Donald Trump, but Donald Trump immediately and strongly responded. And when that happened, the China, the Chinese no longer knew quite what to make of him. But they knew one thing: he was different than Obama had been. And now that Biden's back, they're they're back probing again. They're saying, well, the, there's a feckless weak. Uh, foreign policy leader in Washington, D.C., and Joe Biden, and the, all of the woke military personnel and Department of Defense personnel at the top that, that are there with Joe Biden. They're Joe Biden sycophants and far leftists. And so so the Chinese are probing. And we see this, and and uh, of course they're going to probe, and they're going to continue to probe. You had the Afghanistan withdrawal. You've had the, the the Ukraine deal, which has just been a disaster. You had the rehabilitation of Iran from this administration. You have a failure to act on North Korea that keeps lobbing missiles over Japan. And you begin to see that the bad guys in the world, the strong bad guys in the world, they say, well, Joe Biden can't do it. And so, so the Chinese are going to continue to probe. And that's what the American people need to be aware of. And it's all a matter of lacked, uh, lack of or failed leadership in the Biden administration. Yeah, uh, and rightness only,
0: uh, only invites more aggression in the world. And that's clearly what we're seeing. Congressman, I want to mention or go back to a story we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, we're now seeing correspondence from the IRS. Uh, to conservative groups saying, hey, you're going to have to insure us in order to get your tax exempt status that your opinions don't have misinformation in them. When did the IRS get into the speech regulation business and what might Congress do about that?
6: Well, first of all, I will tell you gr- great, great work by your team at Just the News. I mean, you guys really, really set that, that forward. So great work on that. Well, look, we have seen this in the past. We have seen The the weaponization of virtually every bureaucracy in in America, in the federal government. And so this is no surprise, actually kind of wondered why we didn't discover anything sooner uh, from the IRS, especially since they've they've hired 87,000 or they're in the process of hiring 87,000 new IRS agents. This this is nothing less than the weaponization. We saw it under Obama with Lois Lerner. And the attack against uh, conservative uh, 501c3s and, or- and nonprofits, you're seeing it again already, and and uh, that doesn't surprise me. But you're going to see this going all over the uh, in a broad spectrum, which is why, quite frankly, um, I'm I'm glad I'm the chair of, of a subcommittee that actually has an opportunity to look into government surveillance because I view this as a a form of government surveillance of the American people. There is no authority. For the IRS to regulate speech, they're uh, spe- uh, 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 quite frankly they're supposed to be a minist- ministry. They're uh, doing ministerial functions, receiving your taxes, receiving your ta- uh, your uh, uh, tax returns. That's their job. Their job is not to regulate speech or to adjudicate um, whether you have provided misinformation or not. That is a clear violation of their of their authority. Um, even if you give the most broad interpretation of, of the 16th Amendment, and 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 so we're going to have to attack it through the oversight committee. In my uh, in my opinion, yeah, important stuff,
2: sir. I'm so glad you brought up that subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. I think it was Thomas Jefferson who said. When the government fears the people, that's liberty. When the people fear the government, that's tyranny. And John broke this story last week on justthenews.com about uh, the Richmond field office uh, of the FBI saying that that Latin mass attending Catholics are white supremacists and extremists. And it seems like we are entering a realm where nearly every three letter agency is, is imparting fear on the American people. What are the next steps in rooting out that cancer uh, in these subcommittee hearings?
6: Well, so we I know we have at least three committees looking into this and and all of us are trying not to get in each other's way. But we got to bring in uh, whistleblowers because whistleblowers have been providing us with intel. We're going to have to bring in uh, bad actors and 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 also the heads of these agencies and take their testimony under oath. That's that's one step. The other step is we're going to have to use what is called the Holman Rule. And we've mentioned it, uh, the three of us have mentioned this and discussed this uh, previously. And that's where you can actually reform an agency or department to eliminate positions or or identify people who are specifically violating the law and reduce their salary down to, let's say, minimum wage or whatever. Um, And so you can attack it in that fashion to start holding these people accountable that way. So uh, that's where we need to get to. And quite frankly, we don't have the police power, but what we can do is use the power of the purse. So you've got uh, the debt ceiling and you've got a a budget bill that's going to come up in September. These are things that will give us leverage to start holding these uh, out of control, rogue bureaucrats accountable. But Amanda, you're exactly right. Uh, I say this all the time. There is not an institution in American society that has not been co-opted and taken over by radical leftists. And that includes the police apparatus of the United States government. And we have got to get in and root them out. And quite frankly, if that means that we have to take away funds from them and reorganize them, then that's what we need to do. All right, folks, we've got a good one to round out the show today. Mark Meadows, former Trump White
0: House chief of staff and former member of Congress. A lot to say about all those Biden aides that are jumping ship. Chiefs of staff, labor secretaries, communications director, press secretaries. Boy, Joe Biden is having a hard time keeping his core staff together. And Mark Meadows thinks he knows why. He's going to give us that secret right after this commercial break.
7: I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting.
3: Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com.
0: Here to discuss the Biden administration's migration problem is uh, the one and only Congressman Mark Meadows. Congressman, great to have you back on the show. Uh, John, great to be with you. You know, it's interesting
11: uh, when you think of migration and you think of migration problems, you think of the southern border. Uh, but that, as you just mentioned, is really just the 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 very tip of the iceberg, so to speak, because we've got all kinds of. Uh, Uh, personnel leaving uh, the Biden administration, and uh, you mentioned a couple of those. In addition to that, chief of staff has left. Uh, I think we'll see a a number of others, and part of this is just because of uh, uh, sinking polling numbers, but it's also a desire to kind of reset for the 2024 elections, and uh, they have to have somebody to blame. You know, you and I both know they were blaming Donald Trump when they came in. Right? They're even still trying to blame Donald Trump for the Chinese balloon uh, that was uh, uh, traversing the United States but yet they're running out of excuses. So what we'll start to see is a whole lot of talent uh, leaving uh, the Biden administration, if you can uh, put it in that kind of characterization.
0: Yes, there is. It's the great flight out of the White House right now. Uh, One of the problems that most Americans have is they don't feel like they get any answers from the president. And sometimes if they get an answer at all from the White House, they can't understand it. I want to show you this clip. Uh, It's White House Press Secretary Kareem Jean-Pierre on CNN trying to talk about NORAD. I want to get your impression once we watch it. Why is why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada
5: because it's part of a NORAD there is a, the NORAD okay. is part of like a, a part of a it's a it's a what you call a coalition a course consortium, a a consortium, a so, okay. exactly and so that's why we were able to do that again we didn't do it on our own we did right. it in in uh in uh, clearly in in, in 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 step with uh, right. Canada
0: uh, uh, all right Mark if you were the chief as you were <laughs> in the Trump White House and you had someone on television imploding that badly what might you do well, I, I
11: would uh, probably get a host like she had to, to try to bail her out. I mean, you know, listen, uh, Kaylee McEnany uh, wouldn't have made that kind of, of mistake. And when you start to see it uh, doubling down and tripling down, uh, listen, uh, that sounds like an excuse for NORAD tracking uh, Santa Claus across the North Pole in December. And, uh, and when, you, when you look at, at uh, really the whole balloon debacle... Uh, and and it, it was a debacle and quite frankly, continues to be because what we're starting to look at is a, a whole lot of excuses on why we allowed a Chinese balloon to traverse the United States. Uh, you know, it, uh, I think Kirby said, you know, we de- we detected and we tracked. Uh, there was one other thing that he should have uh, put on there. He allowed their mission to be accomplished. And, uh, and that's not something that Donald Trump would have done. Obviously, there's been plenty of senior administration officials from the Trump uh, administration that said, not only did we have no knowledge of this, but the, them trying to put blame on the Trump administration is really just uh, uh, beyond the pale.
0: Yeah, it's remarkable. Most of those attacks have really uh, doubled back around on the president and his team. A lot of people have called them out saying, well, wait a second. NORAD says they never saw these things. And uh, it was only because they went back recently and noticed them. I think that whole attack line fell apart pretty quickly. Uh, I want to stay on this for a second because uh, for most of our history, the idea of peace through strength has dominated, certainly during the Reagan to Trump era very clearly peace through strength. It seems like peace through appeasement has been this president's approach. And the more he appeases, the more our adversaries seem to be taking advantage of the United States. Are our allies beginning to get a little nervous about this president?
11: Well, I think they've been nervous, but they're getting more nervous about it, John. You and I spoke about this particular uh, problem back when you remember uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan. That's right. Uh, when you look at, at, at a number of the foreign policy decisions that uh, Joe Biden and his administration continue to make, uh, it's really one about America weakness, not about America's strength. And so when when you start to look at this, uh, there part of this whole migration that you're talking about is trying to reset a narrative, trying to suggest that there's a, a tougher Joe Biden in the White House and uh, and and what we've seen is our allies really don't know uh, where to count on listen uh, whether you agreed with President Trump or not many of our allies at least knew that he was going to stand up for America's interests whether it was in the diplomatic core or whether it was uh, as we would uh, call it in the intelligence and defense realms and uh, and so to see where this weakness has come from it does not bode well uh, I I can tell you there does need to be a reset, but that reset needs to be something more than rhetoric. And uh, sadly, that's what we're seeing right now.
0: Yeah, empty words and no action. That's uh, that's driven a lot of people up uh, crazy over the last few years. Uh, Mark, I wanted to ask a little bit about the state of the Republican Party. There was an incredible leadership fight in January, but Republicans seem to be extremely unified in the Congress. A lot of those new members turn to CPI and to you for advice. Uh, It seems like everyone is beginning to oar in the same direction. How important is that? How would you assess the unity and the direction of the Republican Party right now?
11: Listen, uh, it's more unified than I've seen it in a decade, John. You, you and I uh, actually had conversations while the uh, uh, the speaker fight was going on. And a lot of people said, you know, this is a bad look. It's it's not going to serve the Republican Party well. Uh, very critical over tactics. I can tell you this. Uh, and it. it it's not just from the Freedom Caucus point of view, but it's also from Speaker McCarthy's point of view. Uh, they're all uh, not only oaring and 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 uh, rowing in the same way and in the same uh, same venue. Uh, what we also are seeing here is is that they're actually planning ahead. They've gone on offense. I, I just met a few days ago with uh, uh, well over uh, you know 18 members of the House where they're looking at a appropriations They're looking at what we need to do in the five battles that are coming up uh, during this Congress. And uh, I can tell you, it is, uh, it is a refreshing thought for the American people. Listen, whenever you put the interests of the American people uh, first, that is unusual in Washington, D.C., uh, the, the speakers battle did exactly that. We said we want to give the American people more of a voice on what goes on. We're seeing that uh, it should be applauded. Uh, listen, you don't get an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Uh, but let me just tell you, uh, it is uh, really encouraging. And I'm expecting
0: great things from the Republican Party. Yeah, you had me at omelet. I'm a sucker for an omelet. I got to <laughs> tell you. <laughs> we got about a minute left, Mark. I want to ask you about this. You did almost more than anyone I can think of to point out the early weaponization of the FBI against the Trump administration. Now we see it's continuing. IRS is going after tax exempt groups saying you have to prove to us your opinions aren't disinformation. FBI just put Catholics on notice as white supremacists. Uh, We had school parents uh, obviously the original Russia collusion we had a lot of hope. Maybe a John Durham, maybe a Michael Horowitz would turn the tide on this. It seems to me the big opportunity conservatives have is just to simply cut the size of the bureaucracy to stop this weaponization. Do you think that is on the horizon?
11: Well, I do think that the appropriations uh, groups or uh, the appropriations committees are looking very specifically to make sure that the core mission is the core mission. Listen, any time that government continues to grow at twice uh, the pace of, of paychecks on Main Street, it's not a good thing. And and yet uh, you and I both know the vast majority of those in the FBI and DOJ and and uh, many others that serve our, our nation are, are wonderful patriots, wonderful patriots need to do a great job. But what happens is, is when you start to get off mission and when you start to uh, allow uh, the bloat of bureaucracy to continue to, to uh, really impeach uh, and encroach on that mission, it is a real problem, John. And so what we've
0: got to do is make sure that we address it. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. We really appreciate you joining us all week and long, spending a little bit of your important Sunday time with us. is such a great honor for us. Thank you to Senator Blackburn, Congressman Norman, Tenney, Biggs, as well as Alan Dershowitz and Mark Meadows. A really great conversation. We covered a lot of ground. All across the world, China, Israel, America, free speech. Wow, what a conversation. That's why we do this, get you facts and let you make up your own mind for yourself. Uh, big thank you to you, especially for supporting the Just the News enterprise, reading us, sharing our articles, downloading the apps. We have an Apple and iPhone app and a Android Google app. We'll check those out. And of course, you can sign up for our daily newsletter at justthenews.com slash newsletter. And as you just heard in the commercial break, we have amazing partners, advertisers, sponsors all across this great country. Their advertising dollars makes it possible for us to do the sort of stories that we break. The stories about whistleblowers like Kyle Seraphin and Steve, friend of the FBI. The story we broke over the weekend earlier this weekend on the Pentagon leaking the secret personnel files of a dozen members, including a Republican candidate for Congress. That's a deeply troubling story. I don't think we know all of it yet. We're going to keep digging on that. But we can't do that journalism without the great support of our sponsors and our advertisers. So every one of those that you heard in the commercial breaks today, reach out. If they've got a product or a service you like, by all means, go and subscribe to it. Go buy it. Let them know that you appreciate that they're supporting us here at Just the News. Such an important thing. Now, we're going to have a holiday on Monday. President's Day is up, but we're not going to rest for a moment. We've got a great show for you on Monday. Tom Fitton, Devin Nunes, and former Reagan aide and presidential historian Greg Shirley are in the house. We're going to have a great conversation. Greg Shirley is going to ask and answer a very important question. Who is the least popular and most unsuccessful president in American history, the most failed president in American history Craig Shirley's going to give us his answer. You're going to be a little surprised by what he might have to say. We'll have that all tomorrow on President's Day. Until then, have a great night, and here's an early wish for a happy President's Day. Hope you're going to be doing something fun, maybe even listening to our show. All right, folks, that wraps up our weekend editions of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. God bless you. God bless this incredible country, as he always has. We'll be back again on Monday for another edition.